0: and gentlemen I understand we have a lengthy program today so they urged me to get going Um, I welcome you all to another session of the Council of Public Affairs in Lethbridge now it's this is a very special every occasion that the council is special but it's getting more and more special all the time because it's been going on for 50 years it's just an, an amazing institution and it's you people who are the ones who come or want to be informed, you keep this going. And you assist the, the directors, and you assist Knud and uh, Lady Annelies to put on a wonderful show for you. So this is a really good deal, you're really smart people to come here. Uh, <clears throat> I, um, I guess I have to let you know the basic rules, which you most of you know, except for the new ones. Um, Please put your $12 in the basket. And um, what else was there? Somebody Sorry? or somebody, oh, somebody has to count it. That's right, yeah. So uh, uh, other than that, uh, the um, I know there was something else in my mind. I can't remember. what. Oh, tell off the cell phones. You're so well done, Lawrence. Yeah, well done, yeah. Uh, anyway... Uh, So today we are lucky to have an outstanding speaker yet again on an extremely important subject, meaning our food supply, which essentially is another energy talk. Just about everything goes down to energy now. So Nick Savidov, Dr. Nick Savidov, was born in Moscow. And lo and behold, today he is here. To tell us about his work on f- food production. Now, before he could do that, he had to get a PhD in Moscow in plant physiology and in um, biochemistry. And then he did a postgraduate work for several years in Israel. And then he did further studies in molecular biology at the University of Alberta. So before you can give a talk like this, you've got to do your homework first. And on top of that, he initiated original work, which of course, that's why he is at the college, and he put all this information together so that we, society, can benefit from that. And that's what he's gonna talk about. Now, I think that's exciting, really exciting. So uh, I look forward to this talk because to me it sounds a little bit like magic. He says, no, he's going to control the waste business and so on, Well, I want to know about all that. But on top of that, we can see the practical application of his learning over the years this afternoon on the way to Granham. So those who want to come on this field trip at 1.30, I suggest you remain behind here and then we give you instructions as to how to get there and how we carpool and so on. So with that, I give you Dr. Nick Savadov. Uh,
1: thank you, Klaus. And uh, first of all, I would like to say that it's a great pleasure and honor to present for such distinguished audience as members of uh, Southern Alberta Council on Public Affairs. Uh, This is indeed a very exciting topic for me, because we will be talking about future of food production. So, that basically, future of life on this planet. Uh, Let me start. Uh, Probably I shouldn't dwell too much on that, because you are fully aware that uh, what the challenges of um, uh, modern agriculture is. It's uh, limited resources, first of all, uh, such as fresh water and uh, land. Environmental impact from uh, agricultural operations. We have the largest beef industry in the country right here in southern Alberta. Uh, Nutrient recycling. Steel is not that efficient, Uh, high energy input, economic sustainability of uh, agricultural farms. Uh, fertilizer manufacturing uh, depends on uh, reserves of uh, fossil fuels, such as natural gas and nitrogen, and uh, rock deposits um, uh, for phosphorus production. And uh, they are not, uh, unfortunately, limitless. So how we can address those challenges, is there any magic bullet which can solve all those problems at once? Uh, Probably not. But we need to uh, continue looking for new ideas, for new concepts and uh, it's possible that we have to change our agricultural uh, paradigm altogether. Um, And I, the uh, uh, thing we, uh, we heard about um, uh, things like, um, let's say, vertical farming and uh, urban agriculture is uh, getting more and more popular, and we will be talking about integrated food production systems today and uh, aquaponics as an example. So, uh, um, Integrated Food Production Systems, or IFPS, they um, are the systems where byproduct of one component such as uh, animal husbandry becomes the feedstock for another component as plant production. Uh, they call, uh, the whole concept uh, sounds quite familiar, uh, isn't it? So um, that's what our ancestors uh, were doing. Um, what we are trying to achieve is uh, to go back to the practices uh, which existed already uh, hundreds of years ago but to make them much more efficient. Uh, Why we are doing that? Uh, Their main idea is to improve the efficiency of agriculture and to decrease the environmental impact and waste stream from agriculture. So what are uh, the components of IFPS? Uh, It's obviously animal husbandry, the waste source and nutrient source, plant production. But what's very important is uh, the methods to capture this waste. Uh, Water treatment facility, biofiltration, and uh, aquaponics is uh, an example of it. So what aquaponics stands for? Uh, It's uh, a complex word uh, uh, consisting uh, of aquaculture or fish production and uh, hydroponics uh, plant production. And uh, uh, advantages of aquaponics of such systems, minimum water usage, because it's uh, based on water recycling, uh, a better use of nutrients, synergy, high productivity, multiple revenue, more than one, uh, more than, uh, would say, animal component or plant component, and it can be easily automated, and potential organic certification. So um, uh, recirculated aquaculture systems uh, is part of aquaponics. Um, uh, their main principle, uh, as it, uh, evident from the name, is the recirculation of water um, in such system, which allows much higher uh, water use efficiency. Water u- uh, uh, fish stocking density is much higher than in pond culture and than in nature. Um, and uh, modern RAS are pretty sophisticated um, facilities Uh, which allow water uh, quality regeneration. They are highly uh, automated and require minimum labor. Why fish? Three reasons. The First of all, uh, fish protein production is much more efficient in terms of consumption of um, of water and resources. Second, uh, this is one of the reasons uh, fish farming on the rise right now in uh, developing uh, and developed countries. And it can be easily integrated uh, with uh, soilless uh, plant production. The uniqueness of aquaponics in uh, its multi-trophic nature, it uh, replicates or mimics the same relationships which are existing in natural ecosystem their interactions between uh, microorganisms, fish and plants, are uh, absolutely crucial for the whole system to function. And what's most importantly, it results in synergy, a synergistic effect. It results to higher productivity for uh, plants and for fish. Uh, What is the basic process? Uh, Fish provides a source of nutrients. Microorganisms convert this um, uh, waste, solid organic waste, into uh, soluble fertilizer. And the plants are capable to scavenge and utilize those soluble uh, nutrients and regenerate water quality, which goes back to the fish. So, in uh, the big difference between uh, systems based on uh, those uh, interactions um, and, uh, uh, like aquaponics and uh, monoculture, like hydroponics, that in uh, monoculture, like fish and plant production, the microorganisms are not welcome, and uh, basically we try to get rid of them, and in order to make the system more predictable. On the other side, in integrated systems, microflora is an inherent part of their uh, production. So uh, I'll show you just a few examples. And those pictures were taken, some of them by me, and uh, some of them by uh, the farmers who grew uh, plants in uh, aquaponic system. Uh, this is enhanced growth of basil in a Brooks aquaponics facility. Oh, I cannot see pictures, <laughs> unfortunately. But um, yeah, as uh, there, I I have to explain uh, that the pictures shows on the right hand side four week old aquaponics plants, uh, which are approximately two times taller than uh, uh, plants grown in uh, 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 hydroponics for six weeks. And um, uh, their uh, interesting point is actually the amount of nutrients provided to aquaponics plants are less than in hydroponics. Yeah, it would be actually nice to fix it because uh, otherwise you won't believe uh, what I'm saying. <laughs> so.
0: Where are pictures on your
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't see that, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what happened.
0: Uh, so you need to be in the presentation in
1: order to. Yeah. Are they from the internet? Um, they, no, it's uh, from uh, my yeah. We can. Uh, we can try to. Uh, they work here for sure. We yeah. can try to. We go. Yeah, they. So, so now they we show, have to put but, uh, that slideshow
0: on. Yeah,
1: yeah uh, let me go to. Yeah.
0: There we go. Now we just present that. There we go. Oh,
1: <laughs> finally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is this picture was taken uh, from um, a commercial greenhouse uh, by my good friend um, uh, Mike Elliman, who is a professional hydroponic grower and believe, he, uh, believe me, his uh, hydroponic basil uh, wasn't uh, so small because he is an ex- inexperienced grower. He is a very, very exper- experienced grower. And um, uh, that was two houses side by side, and um, I didn't expect that. Uh, it, it's, uh, it wasn't an experiment, but uh, it uh, just happened that uh, uh, Mike had side-by-side um, side hydroponic an aquaponic basil uh, growing in his facility, so you can. Uh, I refer to him if you don't trust me. <laughs> so, what are challenges of uh, commercialization of aquaponics in uh, Canada? It's uh, food safety because uh, fish processing is integrated in their uh, food production cycle, so that we have to really um, do a very good homework, not to increase uh, their food safety risk, regulatory issues, uh, lack of educational programs, uh, lack of trained uh, personnel, that's where Lesbridge College can uh, play a crucial role to change the situation. Uh, lack of reliable information available for growers on the internet. You can uh, find all sorts of stuff in internet and probably 90% of it is just garbage. Um, Use of uh, chemicals uh, for plant production is limited so that you need to have really very robust integrated pest management uh, program in place and be proactive rather than reactive. And organic uh, certification is still um, difficult And um, uh, their uh, new aquaponics operations have to compete with established large hydroponics operations, which is not uh, easy. So how we can make aquaponics more competitive? The answer is uh, what we call high-yielding aquaponics, uh, which uh, utilizes state-of-the-art technology in three Components, it's fish production, waste and uh, treatment, and water management, and soilless production. Their major uh, features of um, high-yielding aquaponics include um, uh, more efficient filtration methods, um, uh, solids processing, where we utilize not just liquid fish effluent, like in most. Uh, Cases and aquaponics operations, but also utilize solid waste. Intensification of uh, mineralization uh, process using concentrated oxygen rather than aeration, uh, creating more favorable conditions for microbial culture and uh, automation and computerization. It results in uh, more stable pH, zero waste, uh, zero water discharge, close to 100% nutrient use efficiency, no any synthetic fertilizers, minimum labor, and highest water use efficiency. Uh, My very good friend and teacher, uh, Dr. Akosi, called aquaponics lazy hydroponics, because when you have there all these balances established, you actually don't have to do much, just feed your fish. So there most um, aquaponics operations uh, right now, uh, small uh, backyard um, systems, uh, Australia is a leader, is a world leader with uh, over 10,000 aquaponics systems. In 2001, the government of uh, Alberta made the decision to develop an aquaponics system technology for commercial uh, users. Uh, About two million dollars were spent uh, in order to develop such technology, uh, which included uh, public, provincial, federal, and even international funding. Uh, It took about 10 years, but uh, after 10 years, we developed so-called fourth generation system, which was successfully tested Uh, in uh, the commercial uh, greenhouse facility, um, as uh, Red Hat Co-op, probably most of you know, in 2011-13, and the picture I showed you was uh, from uh, commercial uh, greenhouse, Red Hat Co-op, commercial greenhouse. So their main objectives of this Alberta study was uh, technical feasibility, food safety, Best marketing, economic feasibility, and the goal was to facilitate commercialization in Alberta and in Canada. Uh, This is prototype developed by uh, Dr. Akosi. Um, You can see there um, four uh, fish tanks on their left-hand side. Uh, Those are sedimentation tanks. Uh, biofiltration tanks and uh, plant troughs. So the water recirculated um, from fish tanks and through the plant troughs and uh, went back to this pump sump and taking back to uh, fish. This is a man himself, uh, Dr. James Rakosi, who um, uh, arrived to um, Canada in 2002 to help us. Uh, Set up a crop warning system. Uh, tilapia was used in this study, uh, two different kinds, uh, Nile and uh, Red. Over 60 different crops were tested. Those are just uh, some of them, and um, uh, their uh, parameters of their pile-scale uh, pre-commercial system uh, included. Um, 73,000 uh, 73, liters total volume, um, 84 square meters plant area, uh, flow rate, 700 liters uh, fish production capacity, about four tons, uh, three and a half tons uh, basal crop production, and lettuce about 10 tons per year. So it was a sizable um, operation. And this is a uh, just general view of this operation in Brooks. That was in Brooks, uh, Alberta. This is their schematics. You see that it's a little bit more complicated (laughs) than uh, the original prototype. Uh, What's important, um, you see that this small circle, this is bioreactor where we digested uh, solids. And uh, it uh, had a tremendous impact on the efficiency of the system. So... um, uh, this uh, um, what we call um, bioreactor technology uh, um, is, uh, was included in latest force generation. And that's what's, what's left after the mineralization process is finished. Only a mineral component. Heter- heterotrophic organisms uh, play a very important role in integrated production uh, systems. And um, uh, as a result, uh, Brooks Aquaponics Facility became the first zero waste system uh, probably on this planet in the history. That's, that system is ready to travel to Mars. <laughs> um, uh, those are bioreactors at, uh, at the college and those are, this is first generation aerobic bioreactor uh, we developed in Brooks. Uh, this box inside is uh, oxygenated. Uh, this is, um, this uh, bioreactor was designed by um, Mike Alleman uh, who tested the system in a commercial uh, greenhouse. And that's, that's picture taken from the commercial greenhouse. This is aquaponic growth. So uh, some may say, or those scientists, they can do everything in, uh, in their lab, but will it work in the commercial greenhouse, right? That's the main question. Yes, well, it, it, it will. And this is, uh, this is cucumber also grown uh, aquaponically without any synthetic fertilizers. Um, This is another uh, company. It's called Northern Bioponics. It's um, uh, uh, founded by one of my students, uh, Matthias. And this is his uh, aerobic bioreactor. Uh, This is bioreactor built um, at CDC North, and we use different feedstocks, including uh, poultry manure, so that the same technology can be uh, used for other livestock industries. And believe it or not, these plants are only eight-week old. Uh, Cucumbers. And um, uh, even fig trees. If you like uh, fresh figs, you can use this technology. (laughs) They're growing really very fast. So um, uh, now uh, the development, the most recent development, their uh, aerobic biotechnology at uh, Lesbridge College, Uh, I will say very briefly that's a five-year INSOC project, the largest in the world, uh, over $3 million uh, total budget, Uh, four major objectives, uh, development of commercial food-safe aquaponics production platform, uh, consumer-oriented study on acceptance of aquaponics produce, uh, economics, designing economic simulator model, which can be available to everybody online, and uh, support for new ventures, aquaponics ventures in Alberta and in Canada, so that uh, if some of you decides to uh, start aquaponics uh, venture, uh, please welcome. So this is the schematics um, I designed for aerobic uh, bioreactors, uh, bioreactor facility at Lesbridge College, and th- uh, that's how it looks like, Compare with my first generation bioreactor in Brooks. <laughs> um, the unique feature of this facility that um, all main parameters, such as temperature, um, uh, dissolved oxygen, pH, are tightly controlled using Argus control uh, computer system. Uh, Those are different sensors and uh, emitters um, sending the signals to the computer. And uh, this is their just, um, um, you know, that view. And this is a fermenting mixture. Uh, uh, It's it's, a fish manure which is brooding in this um, vessel. So aerobic technology can be easily scaled up. Uh, There are um, uh, companies which can build for you a much larger uh, aerobic bioreactor. And this is, um, they are called uh, aerobic thermophilic stabilization uh, te- technology but it's actually all the same and um, uh, about modern aquaponics farms uh, which utilize uh, one of their cutting-edge technology this is Australian company it's called urban ecological systems and Hogan Gleason is uh, my former student after I taught um, aquaponics in Australia So that a combination of vertical farming and integrated production system uh, can be very, very beneficial. And I just wanted to show you a few examples Uh, farmed here in uh, Chicago. Uh, This is all aquaponically grown uh, plants using the most modern uh, LED technology. They have uh, 16,000 square feet. So it's not backyard operation, and they're going to expand to 60,000 feet. So what's, what's going uh, on in Canada, in Alberta? Well, um, a company was founded in 2010. Uh, I had a meeting in Edmonton with this company, and they decided to invest uh, money into that. It's called Neutroponics Canada. And uh, they build a wonderful facility in uh, Sherwood Park. So if somebody is interested, please uh, contact this company. And uh, I'm pretty sure that they're quite open. And this is uh, their future development. They, they build several uh, big facilities um, uh, s- across Canada and uh, including northern territories, Um, and uh, East Coast, and they want to go internationally. So what's future? Uh, Future is commercialization of this technology, and uh, wide-scale commercialization, and building commercial uh, operations, Um, developing high-level integrated systems, including uh, poultry, cattle, uh, pig uh, operations, but also utilization of uh, food waste um, vertical farming and urban agriculture, new fish species. Thank you. I think I, I feed their, I, I hope I feed their uh, time frame. <laughs>